Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Review RN. I recently went over a quick review of acute kidney injury and then also summarized diastolic and systolic heart failure last week and the pathophysiology behind the symptoms associated with acute exacerbation of heart failure. In medicine, we use the term acute often, and it's important to understand that this reference is something that is short in duration, and most often, it's in combination with a recent onset. That being said, acute kidney injury, or sometimes referred to as acute renal failure, is a sudden episode of kidney failure or kidney damage where the kidney has decreased renal function manifested by an increase in serum creatinine and BUN with or without reduced urine output. The spectrum of injury ranges from mild to severe, sometimes requiring renal replacement therapy, also known as dialysis. Acute kidney injury can often happen within a few hours or a few days brought on by several sources of causes that we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. Acute kidney injury results in the kidneys not being able to filter efficiently and effectively, which causes this buildup of waste products in your blood, such as ammonia, BUN, and creatinine, which are byproducts of muscle and protein breakdown. In addition, it causes fluid retention and can cause electrolyte imbalance. Acute kidney injury can then also lead to detrimental effects of other organs such as the brain, heart, and lungs. It's important to understand that acute kidney injury can be reversible if the cause of injury is treated in a timely manner. If the cause of the acute kidney injury remains untreated, this can lead to chronic renal failure. The causes of acute kidney injury can be divided into three categories. Pre-renal, caused by decreased renal perfusion, often because of volume depletion. Uh, Intrinsic renal, caused by a process within the kidneys. Or post-renal, which is often caused by inadequate drainage of the urine distal to the kidneys. In patients who already have underlying chronic kidney disease, any of these factors but especially volume depletion may cause acute kidney injury in addition to the chronic impairment of the renal function they already have. Today, we're going to focus on cardiorenal syndrome, which is an umbrella term used in the medical field that defines disorders of the heart and kidneys, whereby acute or chronic dysfunction in one organ may induce acute or chronic dysfunction of the other. The heart and the kidneys are involved in maintaining hemodynamic stability and organ perfusion through this intricate network. These two organs communicate with one another through a variety of pathways in an interdependent relationship. 
This is a fancy way of saying that acute exacerbation of heart failure can lead to pre-renal acute kidney injury, as well as acute kidney injury can therefore lead to acute exacerbation of heart failure. Cardiorenal syndrome has been classified into five subcategories to better define the cause and the effect of both the heart and the kidneys and also the outcomes that occur due to cardiorenal syndrome. So let's review these subclasses. Type 1 is abrupt worsening of heart failure or heart function. So you're talking acute heart failure, which ultimately causes acute kidney injury. Type 2 refers to chronic heart failure causing progressive or chronic kidney disease. Type 3 looks at abrupt or acute kidney injury, then causing acute heart failure or abnormal heart rhythm or pulmonary edema. Type 4 is when the patient has chronic kidney disease, which then leads to decreased cardiac function, coronary artery disease, cardiac hypertrophy, um, or increased risk of adverse cardiovascular events. So you've got chronic kidney disease now causing chronic heart disease. And the last one is type 5, which is a systemic condition, so such as diabetes, sepsis, or lupus, that then can cause both heart and kidney dysfunction. For today's podcast, we're going to focus on type 1 and 2, cardiorenal syndrome, which is when the heart dysfunction then causes renal dysfunction. So heart failure specifically refers to when there's not enough cardiac output to meet metabolic demands. Cardiac output is calculated by heart rate times stroke volume. Factors influencing stroke volume include preload, afterload, and contractility. In episodes of acute heart failure, which leads to a sudden drop in cardiac output from an ischemic event, such as a myocardial infarction, systemic infection, or rate and rhythm disturbances, patients will then develop all of a sudden these heart failure symptoms that we've previously talked about in the heart failure review. During the initial phase of acute heart failure onset, the sympathetic nervous system was is activated, which ultimately increases the heart rate and or the stroke volume as a compensatory mechanism to increase cardiac output. The sympathetic nervous system will also activate the release of renin in the kidneys, which activates the RAS system, also known as the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. Meanwhile, the decrease in cardiac output results in a decreased perfusion to the kidneys, which causes acute kidney injury. Remember, pre-renal acute kidney injury is decreased perfusion, whether that be from volume depletion such as dehydration, vomiting, or diarrhea, or now we're talking about a different pre-renal cause of acute kidney injury due to decreased cardiac output. This decreased perfusion to the kidneys even further stimulates the RAS system, leading to an increase in sodium and water retention caused by the release of aldosterone, as well as vasoconstriction caused by the release of angiotensin II. All of this will result in an increase in mean arterial pressure, or better known as increased blood pressure. So with increased vasoconstriction and increased vascular volume from the retention of sodium and water, you now have an increase in afterload, which furthermore reduces cardiac output. The increased vasoconstriction from the release of angiotensin II 
the increase in vascular volume from the release of aldosterone causing reabsorption of sodium and water now also further exacerbates right-sided heart failure causing increased renal vein pressure. During heart failure, the ventricles stretch and they release brain natriuretic peptide, also known as BNP. And the vessels release vasodilatory mediators such as nitric oxide, prostaglandins, and bradykinins, which help to reduce the stimulation of the RAS system. But the ongoing reduced cardiac output, these vasodilatory mediators do not have much effect and the RAS system will dominate. Acute exacerbation of heart failure also has an inflammatory aspect to it, in which these innate immune cells activate inflammation, further contributing to acute kidney injury. In addition, you've got outside factors that contribute to worsening renal function, such as contrast dye, which is used during emergent coronary angiograms, and nephrotoxins that are used for treatment of heart failure. All of these factors that are associated with acute exacerbation of heart failure leading to acute kidney injury can also be applied when narrowing in on chronic heart failure causing chronic kidney disease, which is class 2 of cardiorenal syndrome. Prolonged acute kidney injury can lead to chronic kidney disease. Type 3 and 4 cardiorenal syndrome look at the dysfunction of the kidneys causing dysfunction of the heart. For instance, in class 4, we look at how chronic kidney disease can cause heart disease. In chronic kidney disease, you have low glomerular filtration rate. And when the GFR is very low, this activates the RAS system, again causing vasoconstriction, leading to hypertension causing cardiac remodeling. The RAS system again releases aldosterone, resulting in reabsorption of sodium and water, leading to elevated mean arterial pressure. Ultimately, again, blood pressure goes up, causing cardiac remodeling and left ventricular hypertrophy. Chronic kidney disease also leads to reduced levels of erythropoietin, ultimately causing anemia, which then increases the risk for ischemic events in the coronary arteries. Another effect of chronic kidney disease is decreased vitamin D, which leads to an increase in PTH, which is parathyroid hormone, leading to an increase in calcium and phosphate within the body, causing increased risk of coronary and tissue calcification, which then puts the patient at increased risk of ischemic events. We cannot forget that chronic kidney disease often comes with electrolyte imbalance, specifically hyperkalemia or high potassium levels. Hyperkalemia can lead to arrhythmias of the heart. Let's talk about management now, specifically talking about type 1 and type 2 cardiorenal syndrome with specifically looking at acute or chronic heart failure causing acute and chronic renal disease. Management includes diuretics if the patient is fluid overloaded, which can ultimately be nephrotoxic and cause renal impairment. ACE inhibitors or ARBs are used in heart failure and may improve GFR temporarily, but does not ultimately improve renal function and again are also nephrotoxic and can cause acute kidney injury. Intravenous vasodilators are used. Inotropic drugs for patients who have experienced cardiogenic shock are used. And ultrafiltration or dialysis are used in patients with acute decompensated heart failure that are then resistant to diuretics. Cardiorenal syndrome is tricky to manage, and you often can see worsening renal function and worsening GFR as you diurese the patients to minimize their fluid overload, 
with the hopes that once the fluid is removed, your kidneys then or the patient's kidneys will do a U-turn and improve. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode of Let's Review RN. Remember, you can always find me on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Review RN. And I look forward to having you guys back next week. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.